0: On this episode of the ASC Podcast with John Gailey, we end our respite with an update to all of the news in the industry, prepare for the annual AHS retreat, and discuss how to develop a plan for the rest of a very challenging 2020. The ASC Podcast with John Gailey is sponsored by Ambulatory Healthcare Strategies, Eden Group Development, Surgical Information Systems, and Air. Medicus IT, Encompass Healthcare Data Solutions, and BHG Patient Lending. For more information about our sponsors, visit our website at ASCPodcast.com. This episode of the ASC Podcast with John Gailey is sponsored by Ambulatory Healthcare Strategies, the nation's leading ASC regulatory compliance firm. Are you preparing for a Medicare, state, or accreditation survey, or have recently experienced a difficult survey? Or do you want to make sure you are always survey ready? AHS is your answer. Our dedicated team of experts is ready to assist you. AHS can make you ready for your next survey, complete your plan of correction, and work with you to always be ready for a survey. We also provide retainer-based services to oversee your regulatory compliance, including preparing policies, forms, education programs, overseeing your quality improvement, risk management, infection control, and emergency preparedness programs. For more information, call John Gailey today at 585-594-1167 or visit our website at age-strategies.com. Welcome to Episode 108 of the ASC Podcast with John Gailey for July 12, 2020, recording from our studios in Spencerport, New York. This is Susan Cronkite, Chief Researcher for the ASC Podcast with John Gailey and Senior Nurse Consultant for Ambulatory Healthcare Strategies. Joining me from our studio in Spencerport is John Gailey, recognized as one of the nation's leading experts in the ambulatory surgery industry. So welcome, John, and and we're back after it's it's been quite a, a little bit.
1: I know we've uh, we've had to take a bit of a break mainly mm-hmm. because uh, we of course have been in the company extremely busy. Anybody mm-hmm. that follows our website, follows our podcast, follows the live podcast, follows the uh, yeah. the uh, conferences, the virtual conference, we've conferences we've have done uh, knows that uh, we've we've been really at it for quite a while. So mm-hmm. we have to take a bit of a break. Uh, certainly, there's enough uh, past op- episodes for people to watch, listen to and yeah. watch. Yeah. Um, so uh, I don't think anybody uh, really missed us. And and I think another thing is uh, I think people are starting to get really kind of tired of hearing about, you know, talking about the...
0: Only the coronavirus. About the coronavirus. Yeah. So
1: uh, even though today's episode is going to have uh, some elements of it, I think we, we just kind of want to try to move on and help mm-hmm. people to uh, start, you know, thinking about uh, beyond the coronavirus and the types of things that we should always be uh, talking about yeah. here in the industry. Plus, there's a lot of news that has come up. But in the meantime, we have a lot going on right now in the company. So let we'll just talk a little bit about what's happening. First of all, we've grown quite a bit during, we've uh, the company's grown about 20% during the coronavirus. I think a lot of uh, people, mm-hmm. uh, and we're talking about ambulatory healthcare strategies here, of course, um, a lot of people have recognized the value of having a regulatory consulting firm working with you during uh, good times and bad times. And of course, mm-hmm. I think this would be classified as kind of a difficult time.
0: Yeah. And we've been very busy even with the the live podcasts and, right. and- putting out information um, with our client updates that, that have been shared with other people as well. So
1: That's right. So, uh, you know, definitely uh, visit ASCPodcast.com to see a lot of that information that is out there. Uh, and to that end, uh, and really kind of one of the things we want to talk about uh, in our middle segment today is planning. Amateur healthcare strategies, uh, the employees, our, our group tries to get away in June of every year to uh, to do a retreat. Uh, last year, I think uh, two years ago it was up in the Poconos. Last year it mm-hmm. was up in the Adirondacks. Yep. Uh, we had hoped to get away. I don't know where we were planning on getting away to. I don't to.
0: know if it even got that <laughs> yeah, far I don't think before so. all of this happened.
1: Yeah. So uh, we unfortunately had to cancel all those plans and now it's going to be uh, in our uh, home here in Spencerport, New York. So mm-hmm. we're getting all of our employees together. It's going to be kind of crowded here. Uh, social distancing is going to be Little challenging mm-hmm. here. We have plenty of face masks, though, available here, so yes. it'll be will uh, be uh, very busy. But you know, this the goal of uh, our getting together for this uh, annual retreat is to spend uh, you know two to three days talking about various uh, planning issues and to prepare uh, our plans for the next year. Try to develop uh, changes to our quality improvement programs and uh, educational programs that uh, we introduce to our clients throughout the year. So this is this is a big deal, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, getting together for a couple days. We'll, we'll see. Usually some type of crisis occurs during our conference, so I'm not sure that won't happen this time either.
0: How could it not? That's It's, it's right. 2020, right?
1: Exactly. I remember seeing this meme on uh, Facebook of, of a uh, locomotive coming down a railroad track uh, in in flames yeah, here saying, Here comes July, here come right? July. <laughs> 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 That's kind of the way I feel. Uh, um, so, you know, we've had a lot of things uh, going on. Uh, we uh, just finished the ASCA 2020 last week. Uh, we're recording on the 12th here. and It was on the 9th and the 10th. And I believe if you are ASCA members and signed up for the conference, you have uh, access to uh, the conference until October. I did two sessions there. Mm-hmm. I uh, actually uh, listened to myself presenting them Live, so I I recorded them, and then it it went live, and then I answered questions live. But it was a recording; it was very weird, very very hard for me to uh, to deal with. But. uh, it was interesting. I, I, I thought it was very professionally done and, uh, and nice. Okay. Not quite like our conferences. Ours are, 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 much more, uh, much less polished, shall we say. Mm-hmm. I think it's, uh, it, I, I actually like it because it's a little yeah. more, uh, interactive, uh, and, you know, we're, we're really, uh, live with those questions. Whereas uh, here it was very, very canned. But I think, um, you know, there's an awful lot of educational content out there mm-hmm. between Ask, between our, you know, with ourselves. And again, all of our information is available on ascpodcast.com, but, uh, uh, the conference had uh, the esca conference had a lot of material over 20 hours of uh, yeah. of aeu credits that are available so uh, go over to the website at ascassociation.org uh, to um, to sign up or to watch some of those or hopefully you already did i also it's kind of important to again remind everybody of the various resources that are available on asc podcast uh, dot com. Uh, we did an awful lot of uh, of conferences and educational training, and of course, all the different podcasts during mm-hmm. uh, during the the, uh, the coronavirus. I, I, it's hard to say that it's over with, but you know, certainly the the lockdown is is, mm-hmm. is done now. But uh, to to think that this is in this New crisis is over uh, is uh, would be very difficult to say at this point but uh, there's a lot of educational content that is extremely valuable right now probably the biggest issue in, in facing ACS of course is infection control so mm-hmm. uh, we uh, recorded an infection control coordinator training which is available on our website um, it's very reasonable price uh, you have access to it for six months uh, when you sign up for it, and a lot of resources that come with it and it, it fully meets all of the requirements that you have have for CMS and most accreditation organization training. And we also recorded an in-service for your staff uh, for COVID-19. Kind of talks about the various things that, uh, that your staff should be aware of mm-hmm. uh, in uh, maintaining you know, a, a surgery center after COVID-19.
0: And did we, you mention you get a certificate?
1: Yes, uh, uh, thank you. For yes, for the infection control, control uh, coordinator training, mm-hmm. you get a certificate that you would use to demonstrate to CMS and to accreditation organizations that your coordinator had that training. I would I would yeah. say, too, even if your coordinator has had training before, mm-hmm. it really is important to take this training to uh, demonstrate ongoing knowledge of what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's, very, it's a very difficult time that we're going through here, and I think just to show that you were trained three or four years ago on infection control probably is not going to demonstrate to surveyors. Mm-hmm. That you're really up to date on it.
0: Yeah, and this is always important. I mean, and, and just more so now, but right. you know, it's always a, a really great an education to have.
1: And, and I think up until now, there's been very limited. Um Training that's specifically for ambulatory surgery centers, uh-huh. too. So, I and uh, Lori Rodericks did the recording yeah, for us, uh, and I think it was in April that we did that. Um, and it, it was a current, it was not meant to be only about COVID, not at all about uh, COVID only, uh, uh-huh. though there were elements that we talked about. So, uh, the relevance, of course, to the current environment uh, cannot be uh, uh, overstated. Uh-huh. We also did some uh, annual mandatory training. These would be the, the sections that uh, you need uh, to do to your employees, such as HIPAA, OSHA, OSHA born mm-hmm. pathogens, kind of the g- generic training that isn't specific to your organization, but it's all been recorded and, and you can use that to train your staff, you know, kind of get that out of the way. Uh, it's a, a recording that you can play in the staff lounge or have people watch on their own. And we're going to be updating that every year uh, as time goes on. Uh, then we also had some other conferences. Uh, the new, It's a New World Conference, which was kind of a, a similar thing to an annual uh, ASC conference that you might have attended. And then a finance, accounting, and reimbursement conference, which is now available, just became available, again, on our website, ASCPodcast.com, which was a partnership between ASCPodcast.com and my dear friend, uh, Christina Benton, where we, we've we been planning on doing this conference for a number of years. And it was it was a great uh, introduction to finance and accounting with uh, reimbursement mixed in there. So uh, let's kind of get up to date with the news. We've got a lot of uh, interesting news. Uh, why don't we start, Sue? I, I noticed you pulled down from the, the internet the, an article about, about preparing for the... Uh, 2021 uh, ASC and uh, outpatient uh, reimbursement system, we mm-hmm. we normally get that notification, like that uh, preliminary or uh, yeah. uh, proposed rules uh, around July 1st. Needless to say, with everything going on, we did not get that, so we're mm-hmm. keeping a very close eye out for it.
0: It should be coming soon, though, correct? They, it, generally, the timeline is in July, you'd get the, the proposed rules, right. and then you get a 60-day comment period. Correct. Correct. And then in... November, they release final rules, and then they go into effect the next... Uh, January.
1: Right. So uh, we are concerned that the longer it takes for them to get that out, the, mm-hmm. the, the less time we're going to have for that comment period, because you really do have to get those rules in place by November. Uh, and also, I should point out that uh, Christina and I are uh, planning on a fall conference just after the uh, final rules are published in November. So we'll be doing a, another finance and accounting seminar, kind of a second part to uh, our the one we did in June, to kind of update everybody on the, the, the changes for 2021, as well as mm-hmm. just kind of give you some more advanced tools for finance and accounting
0: and the Triple HC standards handbook has been newly released it's the 41st version
1: that's hard for me to believe 41 versions mm-hmm. I, that makes me feel quite old because <laughs> I kind of I, I don't think I knew the first version but uh, 41st version Wow yeah. so we've actually haven't had an update to the Triple HC standards since I think it was 2017 2018 so okay. there There's a lot of format changes to it. There are a number of changes to the content, uh, but uh, as you're preparing yourselves for uh, upcoming surveys, which, you know, probably would be a little bit delayed, uh, you definitely, if you're a accredited, you're going to definitely want to get a copy of this handbook and and go through it and, uh, you know, make sure your staff is well aware of all the changes and also recognize the format changes because that's how uh, the surveyors will operate. They're going to be, you know, using the new format as they go Mm -hmm. through the survey.
0: Yeah, it's not the most exciting of reading, but it, like you always say, it's like an open book test. I mean, it it's it's a very valuable tool to have that.
1: Well, and it and it still is shocking to. Me. I know I've said this over and over again. Shocking to me the number of times I go and do a survey mm-hmm. and the uh, the the people being surveyed. Uh, Well, sometimes don't even know that there is a standards handbook. And Mm -hmm. and then second, uh, certainly didn't read it. So please get a copy of it. If you are already accredited by uh, 888-C, there is no charge for the standards handbook. You just have to uh, uh, download it from the website. They give you a link to it. So, I did notice on June 1st, 2020, uh, CMS, uh, through a memorandum, QSO-20-31-ALL, um, which I will uh, post a link to on the website, indicated that um, CMS has asked the uh, local, uh, uh, surveyors to focus heavily on the nursing home industry. Now, this particular memorandum doesn't have a lot of interest to those of us that are not in the nursing home industry, uh, but I, I did read through it. I, first of all, I came from the nursing home industry, and mm-hmm. I, I still have some contacts in the industry, so I'm well aware of what's happening out there. Uh, I just thought it was interesting, because what I, I really interpreted it to mean is that they're going to be steering a lot of the resources in that direction, uh, and depending upon the, the state, you know, whatever state you're in, uh, if the state doesn't have a lot of uh, uh, survey refer- resources, you might be uh, uh, looking for quite a bit of a delay in, in your state survey uh, for uh, CMS purposes, so just keep an eye out on that. And then, uh, Sue, upcoming, we're going to have a virtual CASC review course. It's going to be, they call it a post-conference workshop. It's been added to the ASCA 2020 conference. its uh, um, I'm going to be teaching in it, uh, as well as uh, my dear friends. Uh, we, we do this every year at the the ASCA conference, but since we couldn't do it, we decided to make mm-hmm. it virtual this year. Um, so if you're preparing to take the CASC exam, that's the Certified Ambulatory Surgery Center Administrator exam, this advanced review course is for you. It, it will take place live live over two four-hour days on July 27th and 28th, and it will be accessible via recordings through the fall. Uh, the, uh, the CASC review is a post-conference workshop. There is an additional registration fee uh, required, so make sure you sign up at the ascassociation.org website.
0: Um, we saw an article in The Hill on 629 2020 about companies raising prices on drugs during this pandemic. They mentioned 245 drugs that have had price increases. Um, And in the report from Patients for Affordable Drugs in the Hill article, um, I'll read a quote. It's outrageous but not surprising that against the backdrop of the COVID-19 pandemic, drug corporations have continued to raise the prices of drugs critical to keeping Americans healthy and alive, Patients for Affordable Drugs founder David Mitchell said in a statement and patients are hurting from this pandemic with widespread unemployment insurance loss, and heightened risk for COVID-19. More than ever, we all need to be able to afford our medications, added Mitchell, who's a cancer patient.
1: So this is, again, uh, not any surprise for those of us that are in the industry and, and uh, have to pay these prices. And the, uh, the Hill uh, went on to report that some of the drug price increases cited in the report can be traced to disruptions in the global supply chains, which we had talked about in some previous episodes, mm-hmm. while others were in response to a steep growth in demand. Uh, this is, according to that report, of the drugs with price hikes, including morphine and ketamine, are under FDA-declared shortages. So just have to keep an eye out for those drugs that might be affected in your ASC. I'm going to put a link also on the uh, website to where you can keep up to date on on drug shortages, just in case you're not uh, uh, keeping up to date on that. Um, And just be very careful about hoarding or overpaying um, you know, if you're you know, many of these drugs you're going to be paying a steep price for right now, just like we know you're paying a steep mm-hmm. price for masks and, uh, you know, yeah. N95 masks. Uh, if you don't need to stock up on them, you might want to wait for the prices to drop, which I suspect will happen, especially with the supply chain uh, supplying a, a lot of it, uh, these things at very high quantities.
0: And I think it's a great time to reach out to your GPO um, or your pharmacy consultant. They're always a great resource.
1: Absolutely. And there was a great article in workerscompensation.com website. i never heard of this website before, but apparently it is a website used by workers compensation professionals. It's an online resource for working compensation for the workers' compensation community that offers discussion forums, event calendar, state rules, statutes, and much more. And they also provide numerous products that help thousands of workers' compensation professionals perform their jobs more easily in a single day. So again, it's workerscompensation.com. And they had this article that uh, talked about amateur surgery centers and what they said is, uh, uh, members of the claim management team need to look for solutions to the rising cost of healthcare and workers' compensation claims. As various medical facilities diversify, it should be an important consideration to look at providing quality healthcare to injured workers via ambulatory surgery centers. Mm. These centers can provide the same care as outpatient facilities and hospitals, but at a lower cost and better service. I love this article. Mm-hmm. And again, I've never heard of this organization, but we all know that we provide a lot of services to workers' compensation patients and and here is, uh, you know, a major uh, website kind of saying the same thing that we've been saying all along. So hopefully these types of messages will start resonating uh, with the uh, the workers' compensation industry. I, I mean, I think a lot of people already know about it, but it was it, the way the article was written, it was almost like this is a big revelation. And I think uh, maybe that's one of the side effects of the coronavirus here is that, you know, people are looking for alternatives to hospitals. We know some of the challenges that some of our centers are facing right now is getting people to come back. You know, they definitely don't want to go to the hospital and they're a little bit leery about coming even into a surgery center right mm-hmm. now because, you know, they want to make sure they're going to be safe uh, when yeah. they get in there. You know, Sue, so I was on the road, I've been on the road for about two or three weeks now. And I think my temperature is monitored, like in, in a given day, I might visit two or three of our centers. Uh, my temperature is monitored, you know, constantly. So mm-hmm. by the way, uh, just for your information, it is a steady, it's below 98. So I, I'm fine. Okay. <laughs> uh, but um, again, we're taking extraordinary precautions to make sure everybody is healthy and safe. Mm-hmm.
0: And more than 50 hand sanitizers have been recalled by the FDA that have been mislabeled as containing ethanol that actually contain methanol, which can be toxic when it's absorbed through skin or ingested. Uh, Methanol metabolizes into formaldehyde, which is a known carcinogen in the body, and then it converts into formic acid, which can cause histotoxic hypoxia and acidosis. Substantial exposure can result in nausea, vomiting, seizures, vision problems, damage to the nervous system, and even death. As I said, they're mislabeled, so the only way for them to know is that they've been testing some of these things. So we can put a link that lists um, a bunch of the hand sanitizers. I didn't recognize most of the... the name, so they might be kind of those those companies like, that are filling in when, yeah. as the other ones run down. But important to take a look at it.
1: I noticed that uh, you you went into the uh, I did. <laughs> <laughs> into our. I bought two gallons of uh, hand sanitizer, yeah. and all of a sudden I saw her rushing into the room and and uh, looking at the uh, the label to to see if that was good stuff. It was good stuff, as it I was, understand it. it. So and so we're well stocked. We got two gallons of the stuff. We do well. <laughs> we've got our.
0: A retreat coming up. That's right. Um, And some other issues the FDA is watching for are false claims, such as prolonged protection, hand sanitizers um, that might say, oh, we're you know, we, we'll protect you for 24 hours because that's, that's that just doesn't true. happen. Yeah. Um, and hand sanitizers that don't contain enough alcohol to be effective or that are marked FDA approved as the FDA does not officially approve any hand sanitizer. So that would be a false claim.
1: So this yeah. is one of the things that I've been watching because uh, as I've been on the road, um, and it's not really a problem now because now we're able to get a hold of the hand sanitizer. Mm-hmm. But when I first came in, I started on the road a couple of weeks or about three weeks ago, um, I, I was buying some of these small containers and, mm-hmm. and uh, you had taught me to read them uh, in the back because uh, they sometimes don't have a very high concentration. And I did research. I think 60% is the minimum number right now and That's 70% is really thing, the best. Yeah. 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 So uh, do keep a very close eye on that. Uh, and, yeah. you know, uh, and know, there is a lot of – I'm getting emails every day from people that are just mm-hmm. – um, You know, I I mean, I'm not sure how legitimate they are in in all the different supplies you have. So be very careful about anything you buy, not just a hand sanitizer. So let's take a short break and we'll come back and we'll talk about uh, preparing for the rest of 2020.
0: Benjamin Franklin once said that if you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. I think that's probably one of your favorite sayings. It is
1: indeed. <laughs> My uh, master's degree, as everybody has heard by now, yes. was in strategic planning. And I really do feel that uh, developing a good strategic plan, developing goals and objectives is extremely important. Mm-hmm. And uh, we believe in it so much that we take almost five days per year in two uh, two episodes. We do it in the fall and in the, the spring with Amateur Healthcare Strategies for doing our planning. Uh, and we look forward to it and we take it very seriously, and there's a little bit of fun that'll that'll occur, especially around food. It's <laughs> not always true. Um, if you yeah. want to get people to show up, provide food, good food.
0: <laughs> and I I know, and that's a good point that it doesn't have to be formal. It can just be done in, in a casual setting. I think people are more open to it and more likely to contribute. And participate if if they feel comfortable.
1: Right, yeah, and you know it can be on the back of a napkin. A lot of uh, the best plans have been written on the back of a napkin, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, or it can be a formal document like I used to do. Uh, yeah, because it
0: should be in writing. It, it should, should be you can you can talk about it and keep it casual, but but you've got to be sure you're taking that down and, that's and right. Making it. Um,
1: and bullet pointed or, or whatever, mm-hmm. it doesn't need to be a very complex system. If you right, want yeah. to, it, you know, that's fine. Uh, but I think some of the best plans are actually just a you know a couple bullet points that everybody can remember very easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's what that's our challenge. I think yeah. within amateur Healthcare strategies is that we have so many things going on. It is always difficult to boil everything down into into bullet points. That's one yeah, of our goals too this year, though.
0: Complicated, your- yeah. It's gonna. You're gonna lose the, your focus. I think, and, right. and Lose the direction.
1: And into that, and I think that's one of the things that we we've always heard. You know, when I when I tell our clients how important it is that they put, together yeah, some type of a plan. I, the, the thing I'm always hearing is, I'm sorry, we don't have time to plan. So I always repeat, you know, Benjamin Franklin's, uh, uh, you know, uh, saying there: if you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. So, uh, so what are we going to do? I, I mean, I think uh, planning now is more important than ever. Of course, I think I say that all the time. I don't know that there's yeah. ever been a bad time or, mm-hmm. or a time when you could just, uh, you know, kind of let things be.
0: Well, uh, and unfortunately, it's almost the, the busier things are and the more crazy things are, the more you have to plan, which seems counterintuitive to people. that are right. no, I just have to get through this time. but. You'll get through it much better if you have some type of a plan and direction.
1: Right. And and to that end, that's one of the things I find every morning. If I don't sit down and figure out what my day is going to be like, I, I really feel disjointed. Uh, and I think as an organization that happens also. So really you need to start developing a plan, writing it down as we talked about, assigning people to carry things out, and and make sure that the governing body is involved. Now, I'll, I'll tell you something. The governing body is not going to really want to be involved in most circumstances. Uh, so that's why you need to kind of make this a priority uh, – you, as an administrator, nurse manager, business office manager, you need to make it a priority yourself and do most of the uh, the heavy lifting and putting together the plan. But they will be very grateful uh, when they can see all the benefits that come out of doing this type of planning. So. Critical to strategic planning is the development of what we call a SWOT analysis, Mm -hmm. which is strength, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. So a SWOT analysis breaks things into two areas, internal factors, which are the strengths and weaknesses, and external factors, which are opportunities and threats. So I just want to go through each of these things and just kind of give some some examples of how they might be applicable right now. Um, So, you know, let's start starting with your strengths. We always want to start off on on a positive note, talking about, you know, what are your current strengths of your organization? and how will they help you through the next six months and into the next year?
0: For example, perhaps you've recently made a significant investment in new equipment and renovations that can make you more efficient and can can attract new physicians and patients. That would be something to take into account.
1: Right. Helps you to identify your strengths and help you to determine what resources you'll be able to capitalize on as you prepare your plan for the next year. Mm
0: -hmm. And for weaknesses, uh, what weaknesses exist in your organization and how are you going to address them?
1: So, for example, perhaps you've had a lot of turnover in your sterile processing, or you've never had a very strong infection control yeah. coordinator. I think this is probably a weakness in, in many organizations now. And it doesn't even need to be like an overriding weakness. It might, yeah. I, I mean, I would say that probably more than 50% of our organizations out there will probably have to consider this to be a weakness or uh-huh. an
0: area of growth,
1: an area of growth. Correct. Yes. Unfortunately, uh, SWAT with a W sounds <laughs> yes. better, but you're, you're <laughs> correct. And uh, perhaps we, uh, we make it sound like a, a negative there, but yeah, definitely. I think uh, most organizations really have to put this down as a weakness right now in one of those areas that they need to work on.
0: And what opportunities exist in the industry? and or your community?
1: So, for example, uh, during the coronavirus, hospitals uh, are are not really trusted by patients anymore. Um, You know, we've, even in our own organization, we've, I mean, some of our people have had to be hospitalized during this, and and we have literally been worried for them. And and, and of course, we know the industry, we know hospitals, Mm -hmm. we know, you know, the people that are taking care of them. But the mere thought of going to a hospital in the middle of the coronavirus, uh, I think, uh, scares uh, all of us. So that's a big issue, I think, for many of our patients mm-hmm. right now, uh, and doctors are frustrated by the long wait times for surgery and perhaps long turnover times in the surgery centers as the hospitals, uh, you know, make sure everything is absolutely cleaned up. And of course, there's a lot more bureaucracy, a lot more employees, a lot more uh, departments in a hospital, whereas in a surgery center, perhaps we don't have that same uh, situation. You know, perhaps those hospitals also don't have the latest equipment. So those are real opportunities for us right now in the surgery center industry to try to encourage people to come.
0: So what are the threats to your organization? Example, a new outbreak of coronavirus or patients reluctant to come back to the ASC or the possibility that you'll have a surprise survey and may not be prepared for it.
1: So after you've done your SWOT analysis, you want to put together your plan. So you analyze your SWOT and you determine how you're going to put together a plan for the rest of the year. Uh, Use your strengths to capitalize on your opportunities. For example, new equipment, new facility. If an opportunity exists to recruit new doctors, your new equipment will be an advantage. So write down a plan of how you will capitalize capitalize on the opportunity given your strengths. And, you know, this is, again, when the governing body comes in, you know, because they're going to need to either allocate resources or, let's face it, recruiting new doctors is really the responsibility or really the job of, uh, of doctors themselves. It's hard to, to encourage uh, doctors to come without another doctor recruiting them. So, um, but... You need to give the information. You, as an administrator, nurse manager, business office manager, need to work with the doctors, provide them that information, show them, you know, what's different if they're not, not always uh, not not already aware of all the things that make you so different than another other organization. Mm-hmm. So, and and again, you've got to put these things in writing so that mm-hmm. you can hold yourselves accountable for that.
0: Yeah, changing it from a a wish or a desire into an actual plan.
1: Right. So, moving on to weaknesses, you need to d- develop a plan to eliminate your weaknesses. So, for example, uh, we talked about infection control. Maybe you want to develop a plan to educate your infection control coordinator uh, and staff on infection control. We, we gave some examples of how the SC podcast uh, mm-hmm. can provide you those types of resources or certainly uh, engage in your friendly neighborhood consultant uh, <laughs> to perhaps come in and help you through that. Uh, develop a strategy to rewrite your infection control program. And, and again, I really need to point out, uh, you, you don't necessarily, I, I hope uh, you consider hiring a consultant to do that, but we in the ASC industry have always been uh, very helpful with each other. I think, uh-huh. you know, uh, we, we give this example in New York, there's this uh, group of centers in the central uh, center of the state uh, that uh, all the administrators, they are on the phone with each other anytime a new change occurs, and they, they divvy up uh, how they're going to respond to new policies or new, uh, uh, new challenges. So, uh, you know, they don't need an outside consultant because they just do all the work themselves mm-hmm. working, uh, uh, working together to develop that plan. So that, that's a very effective way to do that.
0: And then how are you going to address your threats? If we're concerned about the threat of a new outbreak, is your disaster plan up to date? Is your new infection control plan ready for that threat? Do you have a source for the PPE so you don't have to shut down? Did you train your staff on how to react? Do you have the right financial resources to weather the possible storm coming at you again?
1: Right. So, I mean, I think we're all concerned about the future. I, mm-hmm. I think uh, it's fair to say that uh, we're better prepared now uh, for another outbreak. And I think it's also fair to say that the chance of, of, a, of a shutdown is probably uh, uh, much uh, minimized moving forward, because we, we really cannot sustain that in the future. And I think we're better prepared. Um, you know, people are, are accepting social distancing, I think, to a certain degree. They're accepting the use of masks. They're, they're finding ways in order to keep themselves healthy. Whereas those resources, those skills, we didn't have before. We didn't even uh, know. I mean, I, I I never, I don't think there ever was a term social distancing until this whole thing occurred. Uh, and and let's face it, as you, Sue and you and I have talked about quite a bit, you know, uh, uh, the importance of of, uh, getting the flu shot. Uh, not that I got one this year, but, uh, the importance of getting the flu shot. And if you're not, uh, didn't get the flu shot, you know, wearing a mask, mm-hmm. um, you know, just for the regular flu. Um, now I think everybody, I, I bet there's going to be a lot more compliance with, uh, flu, uh, flu vaccinations as we mm-hmm. move forward. Uh, so d- definitely, um, you know, preparing yourself, identifying what the threats are, and identifying a plan to, to meet with them. So our whole purpose in this this whole section today is really to kind of force you to, or encourage you to start thinking about the the types of things that you're going to need to plan for in the future, you know, and, and developing a financial plan too. I mean, we didn't even talk about finances, and I think in some of our future episodes, we are going to be talking about financial uh, planning and, and uh, you know, what types of resources might be available to you uh, to, to weather this very difficult storm, uh, and also I think we're going to be talking a little bit about the PPP program uh, and how to do the reporting. We don't have a lot of guidance yet as to what that reporting will be, so stay tuned for that. But the big takeaway here is write down a plan, even if it even I'll tell you, even if you spend 20 minutes uh-huh. doing this SWOT analysis yeah. with a couple of your uh, your employees there and writing down some some uh, goals and objectives, uh, and by the way, documenting it for your accreditation organization. Also uh-huh. put it into your board minutes that this is. What your plan yeah. is, because that'll really, uh, first of all, hold yourself accountable to it, but it'll also demonstrate to your regulators and to your accreditation organization that you do have a plan out mm-hmm. there and that you are uh, focusing your efforts in a certain area. So please write it down and, and make sure it's documented in your minutes.
0: And I'm assuming it doesn't have to be written in stone. I mean, if you're you want to write it down, you want to have a plan, but that doesn't mean. I think sometimes people are afraid to start something until they really feel like they've got a, a really perfect plan and they know all the details. So maybe just getting started with something.
1: Absolutely. And, of course, uh, when you're dealing with somebody like myself, which is a little OCD- um, th- th- it's difficult, <laughs> as you always say. I, I have a hard time um, uh, dealing with change. Uh, but I think uh, if we have learned a big lesson during this whole uh, event is the importance of being or remaining flexible. I, I mean, every day when we woke up, Sue, uh, we didn't know what our day was going to be like. We didn't know what changes in the regulations were going to occur. We didn't know if we were going to be opening or closing. We didn't know if the uh, if the virus was getting worse or 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 better uh, at some points during the last four months. Um, so. Yeah, yeah, flexibility is extremely important, which means that you probably uh, should write that plan in pencil so that you can make those changes as you go along. So um, uh, so hopefully you'll uh, take our advice here and uh, put together a plan and uh, make sure it's documented in the Governing Body Minutes. So let's take a short break, and then when we come back, we're going to do a, a quick review of our upcoming events, which I think we're probably not even going to have a minute of this. Uh-huh. So uh, we'll be back in a minute.
0: You're never alone in the ASC industry. Many organizations are eager to provide an opportunity to keep up on all aspects of running an ASC. And in this section, we highlight upcoming events. And <laughs> You're almost alone in the industry this <laughs> time.
1: So uh, we would, since we only have one event here uh, that we're aware of, which is the Ohio State Association Conference, which will be September 30th mm-hmm. through October 1st, 2020, at the Hilton Columbus Polaris uh, in Columbus, Ohio. We are going to be there. We're going to have a, a booth. I think uh, and uh, I will I'll be doing a session I think. Uh, again, a lot of the I, I, I feel for these state associations uh-huh. uh, as they put together these plans. This is based upon the most recent information, which was this week uh, from the Ohio Association. I will state also for the New York State Association, we are working on a virtual conference that we're going to hold over a series of – I think it's going to be over a series of four Mm -hmm. weeks where we're going to do the same thing that we do normally in person but Mm -hmm. over a period of time.
0: And a lot of states may opt to do that. So we would just like to encourage anybody, if you have um, an event that you'd like to have included in the podcast, whether it's virtual um, or an actual event – or if you have updates on any event that you know might be changing, please send right. the event information to info at ASCPodcast.com.
1: and we of course at the ASC podcast are, are here to help support your organization in whatever way we we can uh, when uh, we we, uh, we hope to actually record a podcast from the Ohio State Association meeting like we uh, we have for the last I think it's the last three years. Um, so, uh, you know, anything that we can do, we certainly have the technology to help you with virtual conferences. So, uh, please reach out to us at info at dot Well, that's it for this episode of the ASC podcast with John Gailey. Join us again, and we're going to probably have an episode, uh, at the end of this week, we're going to record a live episode with our 10 employees, I think, that are all getting together mm-hmm. for our retreat. Uh, where we're going to talk about some of the lessons we've learned uh, in the last month as we've reopened uh, and uh, what some of the challenges that we're currently facing. Not so much focus, not necessarily focusing completely on COVID, but on all the things that happen as you restart an organization after three months off. Uh, so please uh, uh, join us again for uh, that episode, which hopefully will drop sometime next weekend. Uh, and consider becoming a patron by going to our website at ASCPodcast.com. And uh, that the website has an a lot of great information that you can uh, download if you're a patron member Uh, including policies and procedures, forms, uh, access to educational programs, etc. And please uh, spread the word about our podcast with your friends and colleagues and do us the honor of hitting the subscribe button. The sound editor for this episode is Susan Cronkite. Executive producer is John Gailey. Research assistance is provided by Susan Cronkite, Jenna Alvarez, Judy D'Ambrosio, Alex Borneman, Zach Caloritis, and Lori Rodericks. Music is provided by Media Sushi and Mike Noah. The ASC podcast with John Gailey is hosted on Podbean and is available on all major podcasts. Podcast channels.
0: This podcast is an educational and operational tool and is not intended to be a comprehensive resource for all rules, regulations, and standards that an ambulatory surgery center must meet. The advice provided should not be considered as, nor does it constitute, legal advice or opinion. When reviewing specific situations involving legal and regulatory issues, attorneys and other professionals should be consulted. This has been a production of Eden Group Development. All rights are reserved. We would like to thank our sponsors. Ambulatory Healthcare Strategies, Surgical Information Systems, Encompass Healthcare Data Solutions, BHG Patient Lending, Medicus IT, and our newest sponsor, Inteler. For more information about our sponsors, visit our website at ascpodcast.com. If you're interested in advertising or sponsoring the ASC Podcast with John Gailey, please email us at info at and we would love to hear your questions and comments. Please email us at comments at com.